Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thank you for joining us. It is 4.03. We're keeping you up to date on all of the news related to the presidential race. We'll bring you up to date on the attempted mass murder at Joel Osteen's church in Houston yesterday. We're also discussing a report this afternoon that America's psychiatrists who work with children and teenagers say more and more public schools are sending students to be evaluated by psychiatrists. At their practices or in hospital emergency rooms, the schools are worried the students might become very violent, even potential school shooters. And the psychiatrists are saying, wait a minute, we need to slow down on this approach. We object to what these public schools are doing. Alicia wants to weigh in from Jonestown. Hi, Alicia. How are you this afternoon? I am doing very well. Thank you. Welcome aboard. I understand you are an educator. Is that right? I am, and I have quite some things to say about the student psychiatrist, the student psychiatrist in regards to why students are having these violent tendencies. Yes. So there are um, a few reasons. So the first being kids aren't getting enough exercise. Instead, I always ask my students, so how are you? And they're always saying, I'm tired. Or I ask, what do you do when you get home? Uh, I lock myself in my room and I pretty much, I'm on the computer. Well, second problem arises. Computer equals YouTube. YouTube allows people to post whatever they want. means music about guns and music about, or even video games. Like, with even though we, some educators are allowed to use um, blocksters on the computers, it's very appalling to see what the kids choose to listen to. I am very strict. I don't like to have any, um, I don't like to have any bad language or or have, and it's very, it irritates me, or not irritates, it concerns me when I have students utilize their free time by watching Call of Duty where it's a lot of blood, gore, and all that stuff that's shown on their screen. So kids just love watching anything that's about blood and gore and guns. I know that last year, three, number three, my third point is kids love the negative part. Like they feed on the politics when it, especially like, today with the Joel Olstein lady and how she decided to just shoot up the church. Yes. Well, not shoot up, but you know what I mean. Tried that, to. Kids are, it feeds them. Kids are like, wow, I'm so excited about that. But if I try to talk about something other than gun violence, they're like, oh, this is boring. So they want that type of, they enjoy gun violence. They enjoy they just, they find it so cool. If you do not like guns, if you don't own a gun, if you are in that in crowd of playing video games that involve shooting and killing, then you are just, people call you a nerd or you become an outsider. 
to the social status in school. So that's a big issue with public school. And that is why my final point here is that is a clear reason why we're having all these psychiatrists say, wait, hold on, why are all these administrators from public schools sending our kids to, sending their, like, why are they sending their students to us? Well, number one, again, it's because they are bored. They're having too much free time. Number two, they go on YouTube where that type of content is allowed, and it's very open, and I understand there have been lawsuits in the news about um, choosing what is appropriate and what's inappropriate, but students are very smart these days. They're, they are way more tech-savvy than us, um, like just the people who didn't grow up with computers, such as myself. I didn't grow up with a computer in elementary. Now these kids can hack into security cameras. They can do whatever their heart desire. To be as adults can try all we can to block these sites, but they still are, they are smart. They're good at it. And I think that we need to really encourage more outside activity to get them outside of that dark. They love the dark. That is why you have these teens, these teens doing stupid stuff at night, doing donuts, smashing mailboxes. It's the same. Wow. What you just laid out is very alarming. Um, and I, we had a caller earlier that says you've got this, some of this, it, it starts at home and being able it to does. lock yourself in a room and just shut yourself off and not and a parent not to have the knowledge what exactly you're looking at what you're engaging in is is very alarming and then if you, the the part that you said where they just love to live in the the negative or in the 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 gory of it all how do exactly. that's they disturbing I mean, I have my students, I mean, I have a reputation at school as being the only teacher who blocks YouTube. The reason why I block YouTube is that I know what my students are going to do. As soon as I'm blocked at YouTube, they are going to watch Call of Duty. They're going to watch, uh, they're going to listen to music that talks about guns. Like these music videos are it's horrendous. And that's why I put stop and that's why I get so much pushback. They, the kids hate they're always saying, like today, one of my students was like, Miss, you are the only one who blocks us, blocks YouTube. Unblock it. I'm like, no, no, because I know you're going to watch violent stuff, and that's inappropriate, and I don't condone it. What Even what though, age What age do you teach? I do 6th through 12th grade, so I do about 11, 12-year-olds all the way to uh, roughly 18-year-olds. And did, did you say, Alicia, that some of the students – brought up the topic of the attempted mass shooting at Joel Osteen's church in Houston? No, I'm just using I'm using that as an example, but of course they all know about it. Anytime there's any type of gun shooting or anything, they just they start it circulates around the school. They're like, Oh, did you hear about this? This is so cool. Blah blah blah. Mm. Oh. Wow. So pretty much if you think, oh, that's terrible then and you're a high schooler, just know that your status is probably Do you ever have a do you ever have a conversation with their parents about these issues that you're noticing? I did I did find out I, my some of the parents are too busy. That's the issue. They're too busy. Oh, I work full time, so pretty much I've had these conversations with the kids too. When you get home, where where are your parents? Oh, my parents are still at work. Or some other parents are like, Oh, um, yeah, I just, 
I can't deal with I'm too, I'm busy working. I, I, I don't care at this point. <laughs> it's like as long as my kids is happy and won't cause trouble and the house won't give me trouble, I don't care what they're watching because it's just too much. I'm trying to work from home. I'm trying to earn a living. Just let me be. That is very disturbing. Yes. Uh, not surprising, but very disturbing nonetheless. Alicia, thank you're you so much. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. But I just wanted to let you know, I think YouTube should have a policy where they um, ban all types of guns. If we're having this, like Joe Biden, he said, it's all about, if it's a gun violence problem, then censor the gun stuff, YouTube. Do you, have yeah, you have, have you ever had a case where you told your superiors at school, I think this student may become uh, extremely violent? I think we need to have them evaluated. Last year, a student did something in the hallway, and I immediately told an admin. I had witnesses too, and they went right. So they had a discussion. But yes, there's been multiple times where I have contacted administrators, and I, the student would have to go in, talk to the administrators, and have a conversation and, and that's where it ended was just have a conversation and then the, and then the kids are back in the classroom how like, oh yeah they really mean it type thing. it's like it's like don't do it again okay you're back in the classroom wow all right alicia thank you so much for sharing that we appreciate it you have a good day you too thank you all right take care thank you bye-bye 512-836-0590 right back in the classroom that's part of the problem yes, as well. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. It's 412 with Mark and Melinda. And now, back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Police in Houston who are investigating the attempted mass murder at Lakewood Church in Houston yesterday, the big megachurch of Joel Osteen, are saying that the suspected mass murderer, would-be mass murderer, identified as both a man and a woman over the years, has a very long, serious criminal record, uh, did bring her son to the shooting, a seven-year-old who may not make it. Right, her biological son. They say they have recovered anti-Semitic writings by the suspect, and the suspect had a pro-Palestine message on one of the rifles. It was either a sticker or it was written on the stock of one of the rifles. Mm-hmm. It just said Palestine Yes, is what it said. And they uh, believe that uh, possibly that there had been arguments with other family members about what's happening in Gaza other family members are Jewish. They're looking into that as a possible motive for what happened. And uh, there are other serious questions about this person, how they got the gun, Melinda, et cetera, that are rising up this afternoon. Yes, because during the press conference, the po- the police said that the rifles were um, legally bought. But when you go back and you look at this individual having a criminal history all the way back to 2005, one of the things that stood out to me was they had been charged with unlawfully carrying a firearm. If it's not legal for you to carry a firearm, how would it be legal for you to purchase one? The police have not addressed that or explained it. 
they need to because I think a lot of people have that question this afternoon. How did she, he buy this rifle or rifles legally if back in, what was that, around 2010, 2015? Yeah, like 2016 when that was going on. And then they're saying that the purchase of the firearms came just this past December. Uh, The transgender has a long record of criminal activity going back to 2005. Serious crimes, including assaulting a police officer, robbery. Melinda just noted another one. Uh, being in pos- Illegally being in possession of a firearm. Fox News reported earlier today this person is in the country illegally from El Salvador. But the law enforcement in Houston did not address that in their news conference today. Now, I've only seen that the individual was born in El Salvador. I haven't seen any other reporting on when they got here, if they're legal or not legal. Uh, It's also being reported that uh, the ex-husband of the transgender is now jailed in Florida on a charge of failure to register as a sex offender. So there's quite a track record between the would-be mass murderer and the ex of this mass murderer, and they're trying to sort it all out there in the Houston area. They have not released any of the writings yet. They just call them anti-Semitic writings by the transgender would-be mass murderer. And when you read about the parents of this seven-year-old, my heart is this this seven-year-old never really had a chance with these two as parents. One, a uh, a person that was arrested for uh, child sexual exploitations, and then another who a history of all kinds of different crimes, but also n- trying to figure out what sex they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my heart just breaks for the seven year old who is still in the hospital in critical condition. I've seen some reports that it's not expected that he will be able to survive the injuries as he was shot in the head. Um, so ugh, my heart breaks for that kid. Here's another piece of information. Houston police say that their officers in 2016 involuntarily committed this transgender to transgender to a mental hospital in the Houston area. We don't know how long this person remained, uh, what was the final outcome there, but they made a point of that. This was involuntary commitment 2016 by the HPD of this transgender who tried to shoot up Joel Osteen's megachurch. I keep coming back to them saying that she legally purchased the gun. Had to have lied. Had to have lied on that form. Do you think it's tied into all of these different names and identities that that was a thought that i have when you've got different aliases were they able to purchase the gun under one where none of this information would have come up did they have all of the backing up documentation for the other names i don't know uh It is being reported that this uh, effort to shoot up the church occurred in the afternoon when an all-Spanish worship session was underway at Osteen's megachurch in the Houston area. Uh, An off-duty DEA agent and an off-duty law enforcement officer were the ones that took out the would-be mass murderer. Uh, She came in in a trench coat 
with the rifles under the trench coat. And when she pulled out one of the rifles, they opened fire. Yeah, it said that she apparently threatened the security guard at the door who ended up letting them in. Not sure exactly how that confrontation went in. And then started shooting up the church, and and those two officers responded almost immediately. 512-836-0590. You can join the discussion with your thoughts, call or text us. Todd Bensman is with the Center for Immigration Studies. Melinda and I have told you about his work before. He was the first one about two weeks ago who said he was monitoring the news media in Mexico, and he was noticing just a flurry of reports about how Mexico was cracking down on illegal immigrants in Mexico. This followed right after Secretary Blinken and Secretary Mayorkas went for their meeting in Mexico City with the president of Mexico. And so he's right on top of this stuff. He is now reporting from Piedras Negras, Mexico, which is right across the river from Eagle Pass. And he said, if you want to know why Eagle Pass has become so quiet with illegal crossings, all you have to do is go across the river and talk to people and see what's happening there. He says uh, it's like a ghost town now when it comes to illegal immigrants in Piedras Negras. And that used to be full of thousands of them waiting to be moved across the river into Eagle Pass. Well, it sounds like the ones that are there have all been crammed into some kind of shelter and said, you know, don't be heard from, don't be seen because you're going to be shipped back by Mexico um, and not living in the best of conditions. And again, all of this reporting of what's being done by Mexico, I'm still missing the what are they getting from the White House for it? Yes, exactly. That is not illuminated as yet, but he he is pointing out that this is a uh, clear reason why things have suddenly gone so quiet in Eagle Pass. And in this long story in the Daily Mail, he has interviewed members of the Mexican Army who are now stationed in this area with the mission of keeping people from crossing the Rio Grande. He's talked to other locals about how the trains are no longer arriving, filled with thousands of illegal immigrants, because the Mexican army is rousting all of them out of the rail yards. They won't let them stay on the railroads and go north toward the United States. Listen, I I think it's great what Mexico is doing. It's about time Mexico does something. But why did it just, that, that spigot just automatically turn off? something had to be promised to them. They didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, we've been failing at doing our job here as a country and making sure that those people aren't crossing over illegally. Let's go ahead and get tough on that today and moving forward. There was something that was promised, and we, the American people, are owed what it was. Yes, absolutely. That meeting in Mexico City is the key. 512-836-0590. You can join the discussion. It's Mark and Melinda, 426 at KLBJ.
They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Hope you're having a great afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Jack is here producing. CBS Austin has a report on the three announced candidates to be the next mayor of Austin. Uh, And they have interviewed each of these three. Let's focus just right now on Kathy Tovo, former city council member, who has announced she's running for mayor and her priorities. They asked all three of them, Mm -hmm. what are your priorities as mayor? What is most important that needs to get accomplished here in Austin? And share what Kathy Tovo is saying, Melinda. Well, she claims that affordability in Austin is her primary uh, priority. But then she goes on to say... It's time that we get very serious about creating a loan program to help existing homeowners who want to create accessory dwelling units. Um, how do you even go about doing that? Whose money are you going to loan out? My guess is is you're talking about the taxpayer money. So you're going to create out this program to loan money which means you have to have money to put in there, which Mm -hmm. means you're going to have to have more taxes come in. So how are you addressing affordability? Well, in her mind, she's probably going to plant another money tree at City Hall, and and they'll just take the money off of that tree and fund these loans for people to build little housing units in their backyard. Uh, How can you be serious? How can a city set up loan programs? That's not their business. That's what a bank or a financial institution is for. It is not the city of Austin to start loaning out money to people. Well, either they didn't ask the follow-ups or the follow-up questions and answers did not make it into the story. Uh, I'd like to see some follow-up questions. We just hit on a few of those right now. Uh, How many loans? How much per family? How many families? How big is your dream, Kathy Tovo, to loan out money so people can build these accessory dwelling units, these little houses in their backyards? What do you have in mind exactly? Uh, And then she goes on to say, we need to continue to fund and perhaps expand our funding for rental assistance. So she's also got a dream of covering the rent for more and more people here in Austin. Again, Where in the world do you think that money comes from? Let's say you are successful in becoming mayor and you are successful in creating these programs. How are you going to fund it? All we hear now is you don't have enough money that come in from the taxes to cover this. Now now you've just created two additional funds that you need to have money for. Where is it going to? It's going to come in the, the form of higher taxes for those that are living here. So for every giveaway program that you come up with, you're creating a more unaffordable city. Yes. And the current budget for the city is already $5.5 billion. It's a lot bigger than uh, the other cities of our comparable size around the state and around the country, $5.5 billion dollars. Uh, But how does this strike you? What are your thoughts on uh, these ideas being shared by somebody who may be the next mayor of Austin, Kathy Tovo, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. She's got 
Two main points she's making there. Uh, taking taxpayer money and loaning it out to existing homeowners who want to build a small living unit on their property. Or maybe more than one unit. With these new rules, it could they, be... She would love to see that. Yes, she would love to see that. And then her second point is, we need to put more taxpayer money into covering the rent for certain Austinites. Helping them make their rent payments. 512-836-0590. Jeffrey is with us at 436. Good afternoon. Jeffrey, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine, Mark. Mel, good to hear you guys. Um, Here's the magical question that really needs to be asked is where in the city charter does it give the city government or our elected officials the right to be able to loan money like that? I don't believe it's in the city charter. I, I think you're uh, probably on point mm-hmm. there and correct. Uh, that, that's not the role of the government of the city of Austin no. to make loans so people can build structures on their privately owned property. Well, I mean, what happens if they default and the bank has also, they've got money loaned out to the bank on a mortgage or whatever. Who is going to be in line first for said um, being able to take over that property? And I guess you can see which way I'm going down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and these are good questions. You're, you're living in reality. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I live in Southwest Austin. It's nowhere near reality. I'm just, I'm just vacating. I'm just taking up a spot down here right now. But I think most of us would agree. If she runs with this kind of messaging in a campaign, she's going to get a lot of votes with these two points. She's oh, go, she's oh, going to clean is, up. Yeah, this is going to be. Um, I've been dealing with some people that we keep looking at different candidates. And this right here, there, there's no way I will or can support anything that goes along this line. I mean, I, I've I had to pay my house off. I didn't. I had to do it through my own loans, my VA loans. Uh, you know, with with what I was making as a military person. So, you know, this comes back to all like student loans. Uh, I did mine. Why can't you do yours? Yes, I, I think. Uh a significant number of voters, though, are going to say it's very appealing to them to hear her message that the city's going to help pay their rent. They're going to love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, I, absolutely. Where do we sign up? Yes. And can, yeah. by the way, can I get in on that um, that income that you just give it to me kind of thing? And, and that's because they vote with their hearts and not their head. They don't think about what they're, oh, that's nice. That's, you know, puppies, kittens, rainbows, and unicorns. That's what I want, so... And I want to live near that light rail line so I don't need to own a car and mm-hmm. I can ride the light rail downtown to my job. And no, the, please, Mark, don't get me started on Project Connect. That's another <laughs> point. So I appreciate y'all's show, guys. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you. Have a good one. This is CBS Austin doing this reporting. Kathy Tovo says affordability is one of the primary priorities she would address as a mayor. And uh, the two ways she would do it is take more taxpayer money and redistribute it to renters and existing homeowners. Uh, set up a loan program to pay property taxes. <laughs> How about you give me my money back yes. so I can pay your a taxes? Rebate? Yes. Yes. I like that. <laughs>
Uh, Damon is with us, 439 KLBJ. Good afternoon. Welcome, Damon. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. I'm well. Thanks for having me again. Um, I just, I'm, I marvel at Kathy Tovo's uh, constant meddling in financial and uh, matters of money and taxes. That is not her background. She's a specialist in American civilization. Literally, that's, you know, like what her specialty in education is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not an actuary. She's not a banker. She doesn't know real estate. And uh, and I think, I think I've mentioned this once before when I called a piece of property I was looking at buying. The price just went up over $100,000 because of this uh, ADU. You know, you can put three more ADUs yes. on a piece of property now. And they just said, well, the property is worth an awful lot more. So she's... She's actually having the exact opposite effect of what she's claiming. And that's what that's what you get when people who don't know what they're doing begin messing with financial policies. Or they make policies on the feel good. Oh, this is great. People are going to oh, love yeah. that we're helping them out. The city's here for them. I feel good because I can help them out and not base probably, it. I'm sorry. It, it'll probably get her the votes to do whatever she wants. This This will probably get her elected. And we will have to suffer through someone probably as bad as Adler and uh, Spencer Kronk. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost a hopeless situation for us when you can make outlandish promises you don't have to back up. That's, that's all. <laughs> yeah, do you, want to, uh, do you want to take a guess, Damon, uh, whether she has any kind of a cap on the loan amount that the taxpayers would be funding for existing homeowners? Uh, I wouldn't guess at a cap, but I would say uh, it's it's uh, the sky's the limit. I would think so. Yes, I would think so. There would be special reasons and privileges, but if you're if you're loaning money to do stuff on property that is already hyperinflated, uh, everything else is going to be hyperinflated to do with it. And uh, I'm really anxious to hear what's going to happen when someone defaults on their loan. Are they going to become one of the newest homeless people in Austin? You know, it's it's a vicious circle. It really so we'll, is. We'll Damon, thank you. Have a great afternoon. Uh, Kevin is on 360 with Mark and Melinda. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you today? Well, thanks. How are you? Very well, Kevin. Thank you. You've got some thoughts on Kathy Tovo's thinking about loaning to uh, build these accessory units on homeowners' property. Go ahead. Well, first of all, uh, characterizing it as thinking is not true. Okay. Um, Second of all, you know, in 57, when Ann Rand published Atlas Shrugged, she labeled people like Kathy Tovo as looters. And, and what Kathy Tovo is doing is basically creating a circular system where, or wants to create a circular system where she's going to make loans to people to build tiny houses. Uh, who is she loaning the money to? Her friends, uh, her voters. And then who are those people who are going to rent the properties to? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's cannibalistic on its face. And, and, and basically the people who are paying property taxes are, are going to be funding this. Yes. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's, just, it's just insane. It's antithetical mm-hmm. to reducing the cost of living in Austin. It will- no, it, it, it's absolutely, you're exactly right. It, it's just perpetuating, a, you know, the system, and, and basically it's hypocrisy on its face because if you're, if you're 
I, I, I'm, I'm almost speechless hearing this. I know, Kevin, but uh, the alarming part is there are people who will vote for her based on these two proposals. Oh, yeah. She's going to give me money. So she's she's my oh, guy. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. It's 443 with Mark and Melinda. Back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. President Biden wanted to talk to all of us yesterday about the cost of living. He put a message out uh, before the Super Bowl addressing the cost of living. And we'd like to get your thoughts on it. Perhaps you saw it. Uh, We'll play the audio right now, and you can weigh in at 512-836-0590. Uh, this is the audio from the video he put out on social media. It showed him in what appeared to be a theater in the White House, and he he had all kinds of <laughs> snacks off okay. to the side. First off, he's he's relating to us by sitting in a theater room all by himself. <laughs> yeah. I know for some people that's relatable, not this person. <laughs> you don't have a... I do not have a theater room in my house. With 20 really nice plush seats? No. Uh, nor do I, but here he is taking a stab at it, and uh, he's saying he wants you to be aware that the real villains in your high cost of living are the companies that make a lot of these products, like Frito-Lay, PepsiCo, General Mills, and the other food companies, particularly snack food companies. Mm-hmm. Uh they're the reason why you're sick and tired of the prices you're paying at the grocery store. So here's President Biden yesterday with his message. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. To me, this is a continuation of the supermarkets are charging you way too much. Let's put a stop to it now. Let's demand uh, that they quit taking us as suckers. I believe he actually used that same line then, too, Mm -hmm. when he was talking about the grocery stores. This is an extension, a continuation of that, and it is all in hopes that you don't question whether the inflation has anything to do with Biden, and you just, uh, just go, yep, you know what? Those big corporations always taking advantage of us. That's exactly who I'm going to blame. Let me vote Biden in 2024. Uh, here are a couple of questions for you. Uh, will this be effective in increasing President Biden's polling numbers on his handling of the cost of living? That's a huge issue for him right now. Will this type of messaging start to turn his numbers in a more positive direction? 512 512- Eight three six zero five ninety. Call or text us. Here's the funny thing to me. No, I don't think it does, and here's why. They have been telling us. 
the economy is good. The economy is good. The economy is good. Um, and we've been saying, not for us, Joe, not for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get in the big scheme of things. It may look good, but for us, we're feeling it every day. We're getting that pinch every single day. And then for them to come out and start talking about shrinkflation, well, which is it? Is the economy good and we don't have to really worry with shrinkflation? Or is the economy not good and everything is something that we have to worry about when it comes to us paying out of our pockets? So you're a no. I'm going to put you down in the no category. This won't increase his polling numbers with you. I'm glad I made that clear. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm with you. But but what about, uh, think of it in this terms. His strategists at the White House believe Aha, this is this is a way we can start to boost his numbers among those people who may be blaming him or giving him low ratings right now for the cost of living. We're going to have him talking about how he's not the problem. It's not Bidenomics. It's the greedy, villainous companies that are ripping people off. Just another example of how they think they're so much smarter than us and that we're just too dumb to figure it out. Let's go to Brad in South Austin, 452. Good afternoon, Brad. You're on KLBJ. Yeah, hey, guys and gals. Uh, great show. I had to laugh out loud. In fact, I did when I heard that ad that Biden put on because at the same time, he was putting one over on the American public. In, in what sense? Elaborate on that, Brad. Well, he's talking about how the manufacturers of potato chips and other items are putting one over, taking us for fools, putting one over us, when that's what he's doing to everyone because he's missed the mark. They're not the ones pulling anything over anyone's eyes. It's the Biden administration that's pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. They won't admit what they've done where they've gone, what they've done to us, or the impact of those measures. And I'm sick and tired of it. Is it too late for him, for these kinds of tactics to be effective in improving his polling numbers? That's beyond my pay grade. And all I hope is that the American public is conscious enough and awake and watching what's going on here. I don't know. And, and what do you think about his handlers, uh, they're now carefully controlling how they get him out there. They turned down an interview with CBS yeah. uh, for the Super Bowl, but instead decided this was a much better approach. Well, I think his handlers are doing an awesome job for him, but a, a complete disservice to the American public. Brad, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. And- think his handlers are doing a good job at all they continue to misread a situation and again i will say they come across as if they know more than us we're too dumb to figure out what's really uh the root cause of shrinkflation or inflation or anything inflated inflated egos whatever we know the root cause of it mm-hmm. we're not going to just buy you know, Biden sitting down and telling us it's the grocery stores and now it is the product manufacturers. All right. 512-836-0590. We do want to hear your thoughts on it. Call or text us. 
We've got more to cover just ahead. News is next at the top of the hour. It's Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.